E3 ticket prices double. Miyamoto gives props to Retro Studios, and we're not the happiest about Metal Gear Rising. All that, plus more, on today's MASHcast. Smashcast. I'm Jared, and I'm here with senior editor and uh, someone who can turn a desk into two half desks, Rob Hill Williams. Metal Gear Rising has nothing on me. Yeah, he can still chop anything. <laughs> but, uh, very useful skill. Yes, very useful skill. Also, we are here with uh, another senior editor and uh, full-time jam master, Nick Santangelo. Yep, I uh, do all that crazy stuff. Yeah, I don't think he was ready for that one. I was not at all, clearly. <laughs> clearly not. <laughs> and uh, today we also have a special guest. Uh, you heard her before on the MASH cast, but uh, uh, she's a staff writer. And uh, yeah, she does graphic stuff for the site, too. Uh, Katie Horstman, who's also a full-time space cowboy. Yeah, I am. That's why NSYNC wrote that song about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, she was more prepared than Nick. That's good. That's good. <laughs> she wins. She wins today. You get luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, Mashcast number 32, and uh, we're just going to get right into it. Rob, what you been playing? Um. Well, let's see. Steam, once again, has wormed its way into my life with more sales, so I bought Witcher 2. Started playing that today. Uh, it's a pretty good time. It's a good-looking game. Pretty early, though, so no real much of an opinion yet just okay cool so far uh nuclear dawns on a free weekend which i'm probably gonna end up buying too but uh playing that for the free weekend that's also very interesting i'm really surprised more people don't play it it reminds me of savage which a lot of people probably don't remember but it was i remember yeah it was an older game that basically was set the same way it was an rts where you actually had a commander who was doing rts stuff but everybody on the like all of your infantry and stuff on the map was people like and it was all like a fantasy style and it was a good game it was a really good game at the time but you know it was different and new and and you know eventually it went away but nuclear dawn is basically that but you know with the updated modern combat type you know futuristic combat thing going on and i don't know apparently it wasn't getting a lot of according to jared not getting a lot of attention not a lot of love before it came out or since it's been out but hopefully the free to play weekend changes that you know what happened, and I was afraid of this even when I was doing the review. Battlefield happened, and I knew, like, I, I thought, personally, I thought they, they should have either released the game way before or after. Like, they should have waited until next year, because I knew once Battlefield came and then Call of Duty right after that, that it was going to drop down. 
and that's what happened. But True. this is it looks like this is reviving it, so that's good. But no, I'm sorry, you keep on going. No, yeah, no, no, that's fine. So there's a lot of servers going, but that's good. It's, it, it's a worthwhile game uh, as far as I've seen so far. Um, also was experimenting with a new game, War Inc. It's a free-to-play shooter with Jarrett. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think endorsement. Uh, yeah, man, it was. Uh, it's was, okay, was, snicker, 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 snicker. Yeah, it's the most rousing endorsement I can give it, though. Like it's, it's all right. It's kind of, it's better than what you might actually think of if you were to think about a free-to-play shooter. That's you, all I could give it. You know why? Because the trailer is terrible. The trailer, yeah, the trailer, though. I mean, I watched the trailer after you already told me about the game and told me it was okay, and I was like, yeah, that trailer is terrible. But like, I didn't start out watching the trailer. I just pretty much downloaded the game and played it and then saw the trailer. So I don't know. Well, that's all you got? Or you, you play DCU too, though? I play DCU. Uh, uh, DCU is becoming crack. I've been playing that extensively. I'm like 25 now. I'm almost a cap. <laughs> so we might probably be coming the, the expansion packs and stuff. We'll see. We might need I've, to add that to your list of unmentionables, like StarCraft for me. I mean like it's been on the on the list like three weeks in a row, so it's gonna go into the box. <laughs> the game that everybody knows that Rob is playing that we don't talk about. Yeah, yeah. Kinda right. like it's double A. It goes right in the box. <laughs> well what about you, Nick? Uh I've played some more Skyrim, which you know, you guys have heard us talk about that at length. Dark Brotherhood is still broken for me. If you listened last week, you heard how I, you know, F that up royally. Always be broken. Yeah. Always. I know. I just, I don't know what else to tell you about the game at this point. If you don't know what it's all about, go read Jess's review. Beyond that, like, I can't help it. You should know by now. Um, other than that, I broke out Rock Band, which I hadn't played that in forever. I don't know. I just felt like playing that a little. And Halo Reach, which normally is on my unmentionables, but I actually haven't played that game in like two months or so. So uh, I'm mentioning it. All that right. just happened. That's pretty much it for me, actually. I really, nothing really exciting happening and no big stories this week. How about you, Katie? What have you been up to? I have been hanging out in the superhero realm playing DCU. But not as much as, as Rob and Jarrett because my character is still like a level 15. I got to step up my game. So sad. Yes, you do need to step up your game. <laughs> I'm, I'm running raids and stuff on my own now. Like Nobody's on. Jarrett's doing all sorts of site work and... Everybody's just abandoned me. <laughs> I, I think I want to get another character slot and make a villain. Like, so I can just sneak up on you and rape your day. And you would be like level 30 in two days because <laughs> you would enjoy doing that kind of stuff too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, even with the group that we kind of roll with, we're the, the villain esque heroes because we just gank any person we see. If, they, if, he, if they're red, they're dead. That's kind See, of my that's, policy. That's you, though. That is that is all. Don't don't give us that. I mean, you too over there, Katie. But you, <laughs> you sir, you're the one that does that. I'm like, oh, he's level four. I'm gonna leave him alone because I know how annoying that was when I was like, you know, level four. And then you'll run over and you're just like, done. And I'm like, well, so much for that. Hey, well. In terms of stuff that I've been playing, obviously DCU had not as much uh, recently because there's just been a lot of work to do just to keep mash those buttons running, just to keep the gears moving. So I haven't been uh, playing a whole lot of DCU. I did play more Skyrim. I don't know if I'm ever going to finish that game. 
because I have to be in such a mood to actually play that game. I can't just play it. You know, I have to know that I have a certain amount of time. Like, you know, pretty much. Yeah, you I'm don't like, pick that up for like five minutes and after exactly. nobody does that. You, you, you can't do anything in like 30 minutes in that game. You really can't. <laughs> you know, you have to dedicate at least an hour. So Skyrim, I got to play a little Nuclear Dawn. This is before I heard about the free weekend. And I was a little depressed because there were literally only two active servers worldwide. Okay. Um, but I did get a note. I got an email from Interwave Studios, who's the developer, and they're like, yeah, we've got so many people coming in. We have to throw up new servers. I'm like, yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, the only problem I can foresee is the fact that people are going to try out the commander slot, and they're going to be bad at it. And that can totally kill That can kill a team right there. But I'm not going to get too deep into that. Just play with us on the free weekend. Uh, I think I did make a post about serving hot plates of ownage, so if you want one, just look for me. Um, actually, God damn it! by the time... Uh, I'm sad now, because by the time you listen to this, the free weekend will be over. And all the no, hot plates will it. be gone. Tweet about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'll do that. Um, as Rob mentioned, playing, War, playing uh, War Inc. And I was actually... I went in with extremely low expectations because of the trailer. And then when I actually play the game, oh, I'm like, oh, thank God, this is not it's not bad as the trailer. I mean, it's it's an alright game. Um, you know, it's got its own, it's got its problems. It's still in beta, uh, but for the most part, it's it's alright. Um, the thing that I'm not necessarily too keen of is like the rental system. Like, I don't know if this is just something that we might have to get used to as gamers, but like you know, renting weapons for seven days, thirty days. I mean, with the amount of points that I was making, that I was getting in the matches, I could rent my favorite weapons for seven days and never pay a dollar. Well, you know. But, you know, we'll just have to see how it goes. But then I also played another free-to-play, APB Reloaded. Dude, like, no. It's it's still not there. Really? Yeah, it's still not, even free-to-play. It's still not it? Yeah, even free-to-play, like, it's still there's so many different things that make me not want to play it. Like, first of all, it's, it's like very unorganized. Um, you know, in, in an MMO, typically, and I don't even know if you can really classify APB as an MMO because of how you have to play it. Uh, it's more like, you know, third-person shooting PvP the whole time. And you don't get quests. Basically, you just press K to ready up, and a mission will eventually start. That's how it works. And How long is eventually? Like, wow, so, that's like waiting in the queue for DCU, except you can do quests while you're doing that in DCU. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, at it's least, terrible. at least, like, I guess, as a thug, if you're a thug, you can run around and shoot civilians if you wanted to, I guess. But as like, if you're playing like, you know, the enforcers, like, you can't do that. You know, um, I know I was playing and like I was waiting for the mission to start, so I just jumped into a car. Which I have to say, the music that they picked for this game. Excellent. They did a really good job with the music. But, um, you know, I'm riding the car. I see some, you know, thug, or I forget what they're... I think they're just called thugs, you know, trying to finish one of his missions. So, you know, I go and I fuck up his day. And, you know, I stopped him from doing what he was trying to do. Um, which, you know, you get some points for that, but not a whole lot. And then I, my mission finally started. By the time I got in the car and got over to the mission area, that group had already finished it. They had already finished that mission stuff. I'm like, God damn it, you know? So... There was that. Plus, I quit when um, I got killed by invisible enemies. And these aren't like invisible NPCs. These are invisible players. You know? The only thing I saw was their names floating somewhere above their body. 
So that's just unacceptable <laughs> in a in a in a multiplayer game like that. You know what I'm saying? Sounds so, pretty bad. Yeah. So, but uh, I don't know. I, I might give it one more chance, and then I'm gonna get just uninstall it for good. But it's free to play, so it's kind of be it's kind of like mm, you know you get what you pay for. Um, also, one last thing about the APB because you know it's free to play, and we've been playing a lot of free to play recently. They really really throw it in your face all the time about. Oh, if you were if you were a subscription or if you had this, you would have gotten this much money and you would have gotten this much XP. Up the upgrade now, like it's it's annoying. It really well, is. Well, at least they're not asking you to purchase more fish. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they're not asking me to purchase more fish. Good, 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 good job, Nick. <laughs> oh look, your thug is your thug has uh, his life has expired because he's now ninety years old. Would you like to purchase a new gangster? How about thirty six hundred of them <laughs> for a hundred dollars? All right. So you got to listen to the Mashcast every week, or you just won't get it, folks. Yeah, you just won't get it. Seriously, this stuff is funny. <laughs> trust me. You listen, it really is. It doesn't seem that way. Jokes coming back from day one, people. <laughs> that this is how how deeply ingrained it is. Yeah, whatnot. yeah. You, it's you, coming. You regular mashers, you know, you know what we're talking about. So, uh, but let's, uh, we, last week at the end of the podcast, we discussed that we were going to try to do questions a little, a little differently. And this week we will be talking about the question of the week first, um, at least answering that question. And then we'll, we'll come up with another oh, question at I, the end of the show. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Can I, can I take this? Can I take this one? Be my guest. <laughs> <laughs> that is fine. Call on All me, right. Call on me. So our question last week was what would it take to get you guys to answer our questions because for anybody who didn't pay attention didn't listen since now we're doing these questions at the beginning um we had people actually request to bring the question back and then when we brought the question back no one answered it (laughs) well one person answered it like right before we started recording um which kind of defeated the purpose that's why we got rid of it in the first place so we asked what would it take to get you to answer it? We got responses. Yay. So uh, first off, well, actually, our first response is from WikiBH, our, you know, star commenter. Um, he said, I'd answer more questions if you gave me more time to answer them. Sometimes I don't listen to the podcast until the weekend, which is after the Friday deadline. Maybe if you had questions up for two weeks at a time, it would give people more time to respond or not. Um, he said he also likes Admiral Mikey's reminders ideas, which we'll get to. Uh, also, maybe people are too busy to type out a proper response. Maybe if instead an open-ended question, uh, maybe instead of an open-ended question, you just offered up multiple choice, a multiple choice poll that we can click and submit and move on. It might garner more responses, which may be a thing. Maybe it is. Um, Admiral Mikey, uh, his, uh, Comment was so epic, actually, that it, it, the entirety of it cannot be contained within the Mashcast this week. So yes. we're actually going to have to do something separate for his comment, <laughs> which answered a, a question that we did pose the week before that um, about what would it take for Tetris to be worth it to you. Really, we would just spend the whole podcast discussing his answer <laughs> if we were to go through it. But uh, as far as our actual our question from this past Mashcast, uh, he said, send out a tweet a few hours before the next recording. His issues were largely the same as Wookiee's, like he listens to it but then forgets, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and then Sage Infinite, uh, he said he'll stop being lazy and answer all the questions from now on. Thank you. There you go. Well See? done. <laughs> yeah. um, he is also now a star yeah. listener. <laughs> If he follows through right. on that. Well, he's been yeah. a star. He always listens. He just, no, I know he does. I know he does. It's been a while. Yeah. 
He's commented before. Um, you. And he said, honestly, though, sometimes I just... Nope. No, you go. no, no, no. Ignore me. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said, honestly, though, sometimes I just forget to listen to the very end of the podcast to hear the question, but that doesn't mean the podcasts are too long. I kind of miss the two-hour ones, lol. Which I guess he's happy about because the last couple we've had have been around that long, so hooray. Um, and hey. also... This is why we're putting the question in front. Get people to hear the questions and hear their responses, get their names out there. And uh, hopefully this helps. And I'm also going to start sending the tweets before we start recording, like the day of. And, uh, you know, get some, hopefully get people to respond a little bit more. You know, we'll pull the questions from Twitter, too. You know, the answers from Twitter, too, if anybody wants to respond there. Um, otherwise, uh, that is it for the question of the week. Um, are we going to ask a question now, or are we going to wait to the end? We're going to wait, mainly because I forgot to come up with a question. So, we're going to roll through the topic list and let that marinate for a second, come back to it. Um, so let's, uh, let's get to the topics then. Um, first topic uh, is uh, E3 2012. Um, no real news besides the fact that they are doubling their ticket prices. Like, and it was expensive before. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get an E3, I'm going to pay 100 bucks. No, the E3 prices were like, uh, it was 400 for uh, early bird tickets and like, I think uh, 500 you know, if you're purchased the day of the show. So $400 as an early bird if you just want to get in and 500 as a, uh, you know, if you purchase the day of. And that does not include, just to be, just to be clear to you guys, that does not include, um, Conferences like you know Microsoft conference, Sony press conference, Nintendo press conference does not include that. It does not include the workshops either, to my knowledge. That just includes like uh, you know floor access. Okay, now those prices are uh, seven ninety five for early bird. They should just made eight hundred <laughs> and uh, nine ninety five for uh, you know. If well, at least it's not a thousand. Well, that's the thing. I'm mean, like, <laughs> they clearly do not want normal people there, and that is totally understandable because uh, I don't know. Well, I well, guess the uh, kind of event it's become. Yeah, I mean, really. Well, it's a trade show. E3 has always been a trade show. It just and, got so big that people wanted to be there. Yeah, people wanted to be because because of the nature of it. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. Because it's, it's video games. And I guess, well, I went to E three oh five. I actually got in through Sears, and I was just like, I wasn't anybody big in Sears. I I worked in the electronics department. You know what I'm saying? So like, you pay, like back in oh five oh six, like people were flooding in, like Best Buy employees, GameStop employees, Sears employees, apparently, and a lot of the vendors had a problem with that because they were constantly talking to people who weren't gonna do anything. Like, you know, I talked to a developer or, or a PR. Yeah, yeah. I talked to a PR person, and I'm just like, yeah, blah, blah, you know, your card's okay. You know, so I, I actually said that to somebody from NVIDIA. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's all right. I mean, I had one, and then I, I switched to this other card, but that card's not that great, you know. And so I, was like, I can understand their frustration with that because they're there to do business. A lot of those people don't even play video games, you know. <gasps> <Yep>. <laughs> That's the thing, so. They're there to do a job, and it was getting frustrated. Uh, frustrating, I should say. Sorry. Um, so now that's what they're doing. They're, uh, they are increasing the prices more to make it more exclusive, harder to get in. 
And I don't know why it's seven ninety five and nine ninety five. Like you do the whole ninety five thing to make things appear cheaper because you want people to buy your expensive stuff. You clearly just don't want people to get in, you know, which is it's fine. I don't even know why they even have that option for you, you to get do the in. other way. I just do like eight oh one. I mean, I guess they're just like, oh, if somebody's stupid enough to buy a ticket, like we make oh, a whole lot more money on it. I mean, four and five hundred dollars is was stupid to start with because in comparison, packs like at its most is like sixty five dollars. For its registration and packs at this point, I would say almost the, maybe not necessarily equal in terms of spectacle, but is at least as good an event, if not better. Like, I I mean maybe I'm maybe I'm overstepping, but pa- that's a huge price difference for something that's comparable. <laughs> packs is good because of the people. Were you gonna say something? Yeah, <laughs> but ahead. it's cool. You you can go ahead. Okay, well, thank you. But PAX is good because of the people. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole event, like that that PAX event is made for the community, whereas E3 is good for a different reason because of what they have, all the stuff they have. Like they definitely have way more games than PAX. Well, that's why PAX Prime access, is yeah. nice, like because it's after E3, so all the publishers bring their big demos for their major games. For us, when we go to PAX East, because we're on the East Coast. And it's like, you know, they, they don't have the demos ready yet. And well, obviously, know. they want them to debut at E3. There's still some great stuff. There's still, I had a great time at PAX East last year. But you definitely don't get as many of the major, like, uh, holiday games as you get at E3 and PAX Prime. Well, you know, well, even PAX Prime, like, in terms of major stuff you get, it's still not that much compared to E3. That's yeah, bad. I mean, you're always going to get more at E3. Plus, yeah. obviously, you have the conferences, which has kind of always been the big thing at E3. Right. For a regular person, though, is it four hundred dollars more? You could just wait and buy all those games and still have money left over with that four hundred dollars extra. True. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I know we're not saying it's worth it, but I, I don't know. That's wow. just retarded. And now it's even more expensive. So now it's not even like oh, it's four hundred dollars. Like we're talking like a full like nine hundred dollars more basically for it to really be. Yeah. On an unrelated note, Jarrett, can I have a seven hundred ninety-five dollar race? Uh, how about no? <laughs> how about we like Katie to talk? Because <laughs> I I remember that you want to talk, Katie. I remember. <laughs> um, I was gonna actually say maybe E three is probably doing this the wrong way, but they're trying to turn it into something like a TED talk. Although the only difference is with the TED talks, they're like three thousand to seventy five hundred, but you're getting three or four days of talks. You get everything, and they give you the hotel. So maybe they could try to do something like that, but they're probably not because they're going to see if anyone actually bites on the whole $900 for a ticket and I'm just a regular person. Well, you know the whole, like, the thing about, like, well, with TED is, you know, those are all professionals in whatever, you know, they're talking about, even though it's it's very topics. But with E3, with E3, those, like, what you're talking about, they already do that, but in workshops, that, like that's they, they do work like you never even hear about the workshops you never hear about that because that's for a regular person uninterested even yeah, though it's, it's not big demos trailers and all yeah. that stuff a, a funny thing is like when i went in 05 dude was like the guy who because you have to you have you know you get your approved for your passes and you actually have to go pick your passes up you know when you get there so you have to go the day before so i pick up my pass and the guy like he's like Come over here. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. He's like, look, I can get you into the, I can get you into the workshops for seventy five dollars. 
And I was like, nah, I don't need to go. He's like, come on, man. $65. I get you to work on $65. I'm like, nah, man. Like, like, first of all, I'd just be so out of place there. I would, it would be clear that I was not in the right place. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I just found that funny that somebody was trying to, you know, hustle, not hustle, but, you know. Well, yeah, kind of hustle. Because, again, the workshops, is actually, uh, they also pay money. But, hey, it's whatever. Um. But yeah. Also, I want to say though, when you go to a TED talk, like you're paying all that money, but you're hearing from some of the smartest people, like in their fields on Earth, <laughs> and you're actually getting something worthwhile out of it. You're that going is. to look at you're going to look at video games at E3, and not that you're going to look at video games at E3, and that's not a cool thing, but like at least the the presentations, the videos, the the trailers, and all that stuff, like you're going to be seeing almost as soon as it happens. Anyway, all on yeah. So I don't know. It's just whatever yeah but uh so if you're looking to go to e3 you know the price now thanks to us (laughs) so um but moving on we're gonna talk about bosa is it bossa or is it bosa i'm assuming bossa but you know bossa bossa studios um which nick what game do they make singular monster mind i believe which is a facebook some pvp facebook game Okay. All right. So we just wanted to let you know what they do before we tell you what they said. Um, well, not what they said. Uh, I guess this guy is the CEO of uh, of, of Bossa. Um, but basically what he said is that, in a nutshell, that the, the PSV is going to be a failure. That it's going to uh, – he predicts an early grave for the PSV um, primarily because it's a closed system. You know, the same way the PSP, the DS, the 3DS, the the 360, the PS3, you know how like all that stuff is. So that's why he believes that it, it is going to, uh, you know, it is going to die a horrible premature death. Um, actually, I'm just, I'm just going to read the quote that he said here. Uh, he says, uh, Valve is bang on. Proprietary stuff is madness. We should be moving to more open platforms to interoperability, bringing everyone together. If this is not the model for big console manufacturers, not only will they, well, will we not be there? He's talking about his studio. Uh, they're likely to die a horrible premature death, the kind of which I think the Vita will suffer from. That statement right there, if he was like, EA, Activision, Ubisoft. That might make a dent. But I might give a shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But like you, because I'm gonna rant. But go ahead. Yeah, like you're, uh, you're. I'm gonna let you loose in a minute. <laughs> like you're a Facebook developer that makes one game. You're not even Zenga. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not even Zenga, dude. Uh, or Big Point. And you're 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 saying this stuff. Like it's kind of like, oh, okay. Well, he wasn't gonna be there anyway. So yeah, just of course. So we we see this so much where somebody who has success in one portion of the games industry, or you know, they're successful in mobile, and they predict the death of handheld. You know, like it's stop, guys, stop. I'm gonna let Rob go. And calling it success is stretching it. But actually, no, no. The I want the the. Either of the other two, you guys, you have anything, any pressing thing that you want to say? You really should go before he does. Yes, do it, please, because I'm about to blow this match. (laughs) 
I'll just say that, like Jared started, this is, sounds like another self-serving, like, eh, they're not doing the thing that we do, so they're fucked. You know, that's like everybody says that every week, like you said. There's always somebody like, this is doomed, that's doomed, because they're not doing what we want. And we're always like, who are these people that are saying this? That's all I have. I, uh. it you have just- anything, Katie? It sounds like one of those, like, I'm going to call names, like, I'm going to start a rap battle with somebody that's irrelevant type of thing. So there's there's nothing really to that. So I guess it's time for, for Rob to blow up. Yeah, speaking of fucking rap battles and drop some bombs over Baghdad right now. Um, <laughs> th- to reiterate, who gives a shit about what this guy has to say? He is, he is officially, his official title is co-founder and gamer-in-chief of Bossa Studios. <laughs> Bear, 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 who gives a fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry. But, I, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be serious, though. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be mad, but I'm going to be serious. Okay, we want to talk about, you know, proprietary stuff. How is making stuff for Facebook not proprietary? Like, Facebook is as much of a walled garden as Sony, as Nintendo, as Microsoft, and as quiet as that is kept, iOS. iOS is, like, the walled garden. Like, let's not even bullshit. Like, just because you can make something on a mobile platform and it can be used on Android and iOS doesn't mean that it is the, the same kind of full interoperability that, they're, that everybody keeps trying to talk about. Like, when you get something on Steam, it, and it's Steam Play, you can buy that one game and play it on both your Mac and on your on your PC. That's as close as we're getting have gotten to interoperability. iOS, like a game, if a game is iOS only, like guess what? Like you can't play it on your Android. That is still a walled garden. Like if you if the game is playable on Facebook, just because you can access Facebook from your mobile phone doesn't necessarily mean you can play that game. It is still a walled garden. So it's the same shit for Bossa Man- Bossa Studios. I almost called a manufacturer because that's how little I knew about them before this started. Uh, they're one game on Facebook, and I don't. How, is it? Are they even really doing that well with that game? I have never seen anybody play it. I'm so never- I so I don't even think it's like a, a bullshit case of like who's who is homeboy that everybody keeps trying. Big point, yeah. the guy from Big Point that we've talked about on the Mashcast before. It it's not. I don't even think it's like that. Where it's like he's. I mean, like, he's getting his name out there or whatever, but, like, it's not even like he's got something to point at. Like, we've got, like, 22 million registered people for this game, Battlestar Galactica Online, Flabba-dabba-doo. Like, he's got, like, one Facebook game, and it's great that he has an opinion, but I cannot give a shit about what he's saying. I can't. Like, you, you're not even making any sense. And you're calling, you're saying Vita's going to suffer a horrible premature death? Like, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Really, because I like if it's gonna so- suffer a pre- horrible premature death, it's not gonna be because Bossa Studios wouldn't make a game for it. Like, yeah, let's what's gonna it. happen that it's gonna be so horrible? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like that's a little much. Like, really. And and it's funny too because like if it turns around and like they're supporting indies more because I mean they've already been talking about that a lot like with the, with the Vita and it turns out and they're they're supporting indies more and 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 indies find it easy to make games and put it on the on the network and stuff for that like I can't wait to see how many people reverse course although he's like really the first person I've I've seen go that far to say like oh it's dying a horrible premature death like has Sony made missteps with like the memory cards and the one you know one PSN, you know, persona per per system, like, yeah, they're making missteps. But, like, it's not going to, like, destroy the system. Like, and it's not going to destroy the system because, like, studios aren't going to be there. Like, 
Jared said to start. If it was EA or THQ or whoever, whoever as far as like real many like real producers people of stuff. Who matter. Yeah, like it the kind I, of people whose game is going to sell a system. Yes. Right. <laughs> like I would I would maybe take a step back, look at it and be like, "Okay, maybe if they're seeing a problem with it, maybe there's something we don't know about." But really like who the fuck are you? Like you're not even like making anything for like iOS or anything that actually matters. Like all you're doing is developing for Facebook and you've got one game. Like come back when you got something else on the plate, at le- maybe when you get two games, maybe when you get two games on the plate, you can come back and maybe we could talk a little bit, and, but not even really then because you're still full of shit. Yeah. You know what? It'd be <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a little easier to take if it was more like you know, hey, I think Sony might be in some trouble here with this thing. This might be something they want to revisit, and blah blah blah. Here's some intelligent thoughts on it. But instead, he he comes out with this like really scathing statement that it's just like, oh, I'd say say something really nasty and everyone will pay attention to me. Yeah, it's and kind of ridiculous. I, and it's silly because I mean, like it it would almost be like a weird. It's like the weird like anti Gabe, like you know when everybody starts talking a bunch of crap about stuff and then Gabe comes out and he says something and it's really intelligent and makes a lot of sense and everybody's like, oh. Okay. And then everybody goes about their lives, except this is like the anti-game. It's like, like you know, yeah, we would all like for things to be more, in, inter, you know, have more interoperability. You know, we we started getting some things. We've got Steam with some stuff. We've got, you know, a game here and there. You've got, like, Final Fantasy Eleven, which, I God, I guess barely even counts anymore, considering how old it is. But, you know, that was playable on multiple platforms, and that you're playing in the same world. You have DCU now with PS3 and PC. You know, you've got some things that are, are crossing those boundaries. Portal 2, you know, stuff like that. Well, at least on PS3 and, and PC. But, you know, yeah, we'd like more. But the really like this is the world we live in and to say that like you know like oh like ios is like you know the savior of the human race and stuff when like no they're they have just as much of a walled garden a closed system as anybody else does like i just hate it i hate that that stance that like oh man like all these console games are gonna die a horrible death because i can't do anything on them that gets noticed because that's what it comes across like it comes across as like small petty bullshit so I don't even know, but thank you, Anti Gabe, for your non-opinion on this matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he would actually mention something that you know maybe could affect this, you know, a system from from selling like lack of titles, you know what I'm saying? Interoperability is not going to stop the Vita from selling, right? Because when has it ever stopped anything from selling? Exactly. So and who's yeah. who's gonna? And even like the stuff that is actually kind of does matter, like the only one PSN per Vita, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. People are going to complain, but who's going to be like, oh, this only has one PSN account I can use? Oh, never mind, I'm not going to buy it. Right, it's completely unusable to me now. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and and even then, he didn't even call that out. Like, that's not even what, that's not even the problem that this guy is calling out. Like, he's not... Like, the thing is, when Gabe steps into the arena and says something about, you know, walled gardens or DRM or whatever, like, he says something intelligent and it's balanced and it addresses like everything like he just stepped in said something really fucking inflammatory and then didn't even really give any good reasons as to why like literally his reason basically boils down to like man like they're focusing more on tech specs so that's probably not for us and proprietary stuff is madness so we won't be there that's his reason for it failing yeah 
Balsa Studios not being there. We'll keep that in mind. Yeah, like we, we'll just make sure we don't look out for you. That's all. <laughs> but uh, you're all, you're good, Rob. You all 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 ranted out. I, I wanted to I wanted to actually like kind of scream and curse a lot more, but I, I I held back, so I'm good. Let's go. Let's let's move on. <laughs> let's talk about something intelligent. All right. So yeah, we actually we are gonna move on and talk a bit about Nintendo for a little bit. Um, coming off of our I guess uh, our last conversation with mobile platforms or handheld handheld gaming devices um an article uh on joystick uh it wasn't an interview but it had some some quotes from miyamoto from another interview he had uh one talking about nintendo not competing with smartphones uh, that like you know, Nintendo said. Well, he Miyamoto said that Nintendo's goal for this generation was uh, expanding the gaming population, which they did with the Wii. They really did expand the game population. If it wasn't for the Wii, I don't think Nintendo or Sony, EA, Ubisoft. I don't think anybody will really be going after the casual market the way they are right now. Because Nintendo really showed what can happen when you unlock that casual market. Yeah, they show how big it is. So yeah, it wouldn't we wouldn't even be in the same place. And hey, look at somebody saying something intelligent that actually matters. It's weird. Yeah, and he said, you know, this the smartphone market uh, definitely, you know, a game with the iPhone, Android phones are definitely expanding the gaming market, but they're not directly competing with them. Which I think any gamer can tell you that that Nintendo like the, so games on the iPhone do not compete with games even on the DS right now or the 3DS or the PSP they just can't compete with the depth of those games they really don't even compete with the Game Boy Advance for the most part <laughs> right and <laughs> and, and, and likewise like the experience that i you know that iOS android the like smartphones offer is different than consoles you know you get short quick bites of games and you can get a full experience with that quick little short bite of the game they're just different they they expound on different markets and anybody that's not uh, like somebody with blinders on about smartphones, it's like, oh man, they're totally gonna fuck. They're changing everything. There's not gonna be any room for consoles soon. Like everybody except for those people can see. Even people who play on either version, like either either platform, can see they're different. You know, you don't when you look, when you go play Angry Birds, you're not looking for the same experience as when you sit down and play Skyward Sword. Exactly. Wait, you're not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, totally, de- definitely not. I mean, for the most part, well, I can't, I can't speak for everybody, but I know that the only time I play smartphone games is like pretty much when I'm taking a dump. That's it. Other than that, I, I have like if I'm going somewhere, I'll have like my PSP with me. Sometimes my DS with me. Sometimes yeah, I mean, both. I'm an oddity because <laughs> like I mean, I like I'm the same way. Like I carry my PSP Go, you know, with me everywhere. I will occasionally like throw out the smartphone for something but honestly it's been a very long time since like oh i go somewhere and i'm waiting you know on a trip or whatever that i pull out my smartphone and play you know robo defense or angry birds or whatever like it's been a long while until smartphones can like compare to the battery level that you'll have with a psp or a gba or whatever like there's there's no way that you can just try to take over and that's why nintendo's like let them do what they want we got this, we got fucking battery life for days, and you can bring your case with you and do whatever and trade with people. Pokemon. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yes, Pokemons. Yeah. Let I mean, me you know, show you them. 
the the graphics level, battery life, um, the AI, the f- buttons. You know, like all this buttons stuff. <laughs> like all this stuff is important to deeper gaming experiences. I mean, yeah, like I, uh, you know, there are some games that that'll have like the virtual buttons on the on the touchscreen. No. But two things happen with that. One, your fingers get in the way. You know what I'm saying? Two, it's not a button, so like you really, it's hard to gauge. You know, like like I have a twin stick shooter on my phone, and I mean. If I'm just trying to do something that's like mind numbing, sure, that's fine because it's not a difficult game because the AI is just not there. But even moving around, like my thumbs around the screen, you know, it's not uh, the, the touch screen really isn't made for that much sliding, <laughs> you know. Uh, so it really just doesn't doesn't you know work out that well. It's almost impossible for it to ever catch up because while well, obviously the uh, you know. Not not just being technically and power and all that. Obviously, that'll continue to go forward and can up quicker than dedicated gaming handhelds can because they just come out faster. Yeah. But as far as like buttons, which is it's just so important to anyone who considers themselves a gamer. Obviously, you can't even like if you design it to work well as a game device, then it's just gonna kind of suck at the phone. And if you design it to be great as a phone, then it's going to kind of suck to play games on. And sure, you can enjoy it in short bursts, you know, very, very brief bursts. But it, it's so hard to have like a, a dedicated, like, I'm going to play this awesome, epic game. And, it's, and that's fine. It doesn't need to be. Like, they can be successful at their thing. And then the actual portable gaming devices can do their thing. And sure, you're going to lose some business from some of the casual crowd. The people that really aren't, you know, actual gamers what we would consider a gamer um but the actual serious gamers are still gonna buy portable gaming devices yeah and there's still a lot of us out there i mean portable gaming devices in general i don't think have ever been made for a uh casual crowd because if you're gaming that much that you need to take it on the go you're you're probably part, part of the core audience you know um and i think what a lot of analysts are doing they you know they see something that's not going to attract the 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 casual masses and they're just like oh well it's not worth it then it's going to it's going to fail it's totally going to fail right. right they don't see a gigantic crowd you know they don't see people waiting outside like in the millions for you know the next one to come out even though actually that happens anyway yeah. and you know but but they don't see that it appealing to 10 million people you know they only see it appealing, appealing to a million and to them that's a failure and it's like it's not for a lot of different reasons that really that are just too myriad to get into, you know, like contracts, people need cell phones, getting basically getting those platforms for free, more or less a lot of the time, like just a whole bunch of different factors go into it. Um, But even outside of all that stuff though, Miyamoto did have one thing to say that was very interesting outside of, you know, smartphones and Oh yeah, we didn't even get to that. Nope. Yeah. We didn't even touch it. Um, Basically, well, you want this, Jared? No, you can go ahead. Take right. it. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, he basically said that um, he said uh, retro. Ba- basically, he said that retro would be w- would be able to take on a Zelda franchise. Like, would be able to take on the Zelda franchise and and do a whole game on their own. Which 
coming from Miyamoto is pretty ridiculous big praise considering, you know, even though it was a mistranslation of his, you know, the smaller interview, they got everybody all up in, up in arms. Sure um, it was. Saying, saying that, you know, he needed, you know, they needed to develop newer talent. He has to step aside to let that newer talent develop. For him to say that Retro could take one of his babies and make a full game and they'd be okay, like, it's, it's pretty big. Uh, his actual quote was, uh, as you know, we have already collaborated with Retro for the Metroid Prime series in the past. I think when we talk about any other franchise, Zelda might be a possible franchise for that collaboration. Seriously, that's... For him to put that on the table, big deal. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. So I think that'd be really congratulations interesting. Congratulations, Retro. I, I think Retro is going to, in a lot of ways, be part of the future of you know, first-party Nintendo. Like, I don't know if they'll ever do, like, Mario or anything. Uh-uh. But, uh-uh. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know, because we already talked about that before. <laughs> you don't even say those words. You don't even say it. But they're going to be a very big part of it. And if they get swallowed into Nintendo and then they handle Mario, then what's the difference, really? But I'm just saying, like, they're going to be a very big part of their future. They already have been in a lot of ways. They just need to let them get their hands on more stuff. People need to stop being scared about Miyamoto not being super involved in a garage building the game from the ground up with his bare hands or something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it is big praise. And don't get me wrong, I mean, I haven't played a retro game that was bad in terms of the Nintendo stuff. Um, well, I said like it was average, but they're actually good, you know, like Metroid Prime, uh, Donkey Kong, stuff like that, uh, which, you know, those games were good. Um, actually, they were kind of great. Yeah, I but, loved the Metroid Prime. Kind of great. Look at your measured praise. You're not like Miyamoto. You're like, you know, they were kind of great. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. They were, I enjoyed myself. I had a good time. They were good games, okay? But that's Metroid and Donkey Kong. That's not Zelda. Like, nobody has a Metroid tattoo. You know what I'm saying? People get the Triforce tattoo on, like, you know, various places. Like, yeah, but people were still freaking out. Sir, I, I do know people that have Metroid tattoos. I would go more towards saying people don't have Donkey Kong tattoos. People <laughs> yeah, don't have Donkey Kong tattoos. People better not have Donkey Kong tattoos. Let's say that. A big DK, and that, that person's going to comment <laughs> next week. Fuck your back. <laughs> you just got Cranky Kong on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, but I'm like, Zelda has a much deeper fan base than Metroid. And to, to like to that like touching the Zelda like somebody another studio touching Zelda is kind of close to like you know somebody else touching Mario. It's just one of those things you don't do. You don't, but like they're so intertwined with Nintendo at this point. Like I said, like if they were just to swallow them up, like it would be indistinguishable, really. But I, I really it would just be the product. Like it would be the product. Like I think there'd be treadaptation and all that stuff. But people were treadaptious when Miyamoto was involved and he did Wind Waker. Like people were all bent out of shape about that and look how that turned out. So yeah. if, the guy, if the guy gets this blessed, I would say, you know, there's something there's something of merit there. But not necessarily that like next game should be made by retro, but something of merit. <laughs> something of merit, yeah. But I mean I would want to see him raise a successor. Personally, <laughs> and then that guy can do the next Zelda. Oh, I mean, I mentioned that last week. I mean, I think that is the the course of action to take. But you know, I'm just a guy in the mash cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that that is that, 
that, that's a good thing to have. You know what I'm saying? Have Miyamoto say, oh yeah, they could totally make a Zelda game. Which, you know what? They would probably make a good Zelda game. But I don't know if they can make an excellent Zelda game. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a high bar. That's a very high bar. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, and by the way, I did want to mention, they, they actually are a first party of Nintendo. They didn't used to be, but I, I think around like 2002 or so. So they, they are wholly owned by Nintendo now. It's still, I still hear what Jared's saying. It's still very different. Having well, people see a different name. Yeah, they still I, have their studio name. Right. I think that's the issue. Like, right. I think it's, if it was just like, God, we're just going to be EAD quiet. EAD Austin or whatever. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well, I guess we'll see what happens. I'll, you know, I'm going to keep an eye out, out just to make sure they don't try anything, you know, suspicious. <laughs> you know. But uh, We're watching you. We're watching you. But uh, Whatever that's worth. Yeah. Because we're important. <laughs> uh, moving on to our next topic, though. Uh, still in Nintendo land. This one, and this is just a rumor. This is not confirmed at all. Uh, well, I shouldn't say this is a rumor, but I, I haven't seen any ads or anything like that. I haven't seen there any There hasn't been any, any advertising or anything yeah. official from Nintendo that says that this is an actual price. I, yeah. It's just a listing on a game retailer putting up a price for something. Yeah, what so in EB Australia, um, the Wii U was listed as well, pretty much 600 bucks, 598 uh, If I did that calculation correctly, that would be like $400 US. Nah, I don't see the Wii selling like that. I really don't. Even, it, even though it's a more powerful system, definitely, than what's out right now, I don't see it happening. It's not more powerful enough from everything that we're hearing. Like we don't know final specs on the thing right yet, uh, right yet, right now. Excuse me. But from everything that we've heard, it it sounds like well, it's you know it's, it's a little more powerful than the Xbox 360 and PS3, which is nice, but you know not really what most of us want to hear. For next gen, we want to hear you know it's way more powerful if you're going to be charged at six hundred dollars for it. All uh, you know crazy controller tablet screens aside but they they some people have pointed out from australia that historically people have paid higher prices over there to get things that were you know way cheaper not even counting you know um what you would call it going from australian dollars to u.s dollars and whatnot and this yeah. kind of thing has happened before. We've seen this happen before when new systems are coming out like way ahead of time you know crazy prices go up on gamestop or best buy or something so this is this is still a rumor, but I let's hope it stays that way. Yeah, because I'll be honest with you, the system would have to come in at like three hundred bucks, I think, to sell. Yeah, I somewhere think. around there. I think that we've got people have gotten trained a little bit now at this past generation. Like once, like that was kind of the sweet spot, you know, when people actually were really able to start selling systems, and why the Wii got sold such gangbusters because it came in below that to start with. So. Yeah. I don't think that they could go too much higher, no, no matter what's in that tablet, because I think that's the reason. If there is a crazy price, like that's the reason why, because the system itself, like I've said, is not that much more. Um, there is an oddity in pricing, though, because actually, like if you were to take straight currency, it would be the same price in U.S. dollars. If it was six hundred dollars in, in Australia, the issue is that they usually do just price things differently. Period between the two like the closest example i could find um and i don't even know if actually 400 would be right because of this example um the 400 to 600 comparison but the new star wars connect the bundle that's coming out for 360 is 
in the U.S. it's going to be four hundred fifty dollars. In Australia, it's listed at five hundred and fifty dollars, and like that's you know, like I said, conversion doesn't matter because it's they're pretty much the exact same price. But that but that means that there's at least a hundred dollar difference, and that goes up and down the spectrum, like for everything else. Like even when you get to the Wii, which is you know what a hundred bucks or one hundred fifty bucks now, um, like there's still a fifty dollar plus price difference over in Australia, and like. So, like, even when you get that cheap, there's still a price difference. So, when the price gets higher, of course, I think that you know you're going to still see that price difference. I think that 450 be an awkward price, so maybe that's why it would be more like 400. But uh, it's usually about a hundred dollar difference, so even that is still too damn much. <laughs> the rent is too damn high. <laughs> much. Yeah, for the I don't know. I just don't think Nintendo. You know, especially because it's getting. The press that it's getting is has not been good. The only people who are saying it's actually the only people who've been given a good press are developers, which should mean more, don't you think? But you know, IGN has up, uh, it's not going to be that much more powerful. Which, f- from what I've seen of like what t- what type of graphics card you know a GPU is using versus what's in the 360 and the PS3, uh, there's going to be a noticeable difference, unless they're just not going to use all the power, unless I'm missing something. But is it, you know, $400 noticeable? Or That's the thing. I don't think <laughs> yeah. so. I don't think it's, it's not going to be $400 worth of, of power. You know, even even though it will be more powerful, it will be noticeable. Um, my current PC will probably still have better, you know, it will play better than what the Wii U will. One interesting thing I would note, though, I mean, the, considering, like, okay, the Wii U is a noticeable difference, but, like, is it noticeable to the average consumer? Um, but... The real thing is interesting about this, though, is if they do take a higher price point, they really are setting the tone for next generation. And I don't, and you might see Microsoft and Sony jump below it, but I don't think they're going to jump below it by much, which means we're going to be right back to being in the in that price range for systems again. You know, like we started with last generation almost, right? And that'll be interesting. But I mean, at the same time, like they're still hurting them; they're still shooting themselves in the foot because by the time PS4 720 or Xbox Next, whatever you want to call it, comes out, we're going to be looking at way, way more powerful systems, I think, than the Wii U. So Yeah, I'm always okay with that if they bring us, you know, a large enough difference in graphical quality. You know, but if they're just going to bring us like, hey, this is a little bit better than what it was before. And again, we'll have but to look, see. But look, there's a tablet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like you guys said, nobody nobody's going to pay more because of the tablet. Nobody's going to do that. No one cares how much it costs them to make. They're just... It doesn't matter to the consumer. They have to see that this looks way better, you know, because we're we're the ones that are going to pay that premium. The core gamers are going to line up on day one. I think we can all agree, probably three to four hundred dollars is probably where this thing at most needs to launch at. Yeah, I think so. So we know Nintendo listens to this podcast, so hopefully they get the message. You know, <laughs> uh, moving on to our next topic. Uh, Going to speak a little bit about Metal Gear Rising. Who everybody saw the trailer, right? <sighs> yes. Yeah. You, you can take that silence as yes. That <laughs> silent. That silent shame as a yes. Uh, me and Rob were at a bar on Monday, okay? crying into beers, talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah, like that, and then standing out in the cold for like I think an hour and a half. We're talking about our disgust about about the, what we saw. Even though Nick, you didn't mind the trailer, right? 
I didn't mind it only because, and now because they've taken that extra step of saying, okay, it's not even a Metal Gear Solid game anymore. It's Metal Gear, which is, you know, is what's in the name. But, you know, they said right from the start, like, this isn't stealth. Uh, what do they always say? Stealth espionage action. Is that yeah, the, that's that, the tagline, right? Yeah, they said right from the start, what was it? Lightning action or some, some crap like that. You know, yeah, I think it looks very action. cool for an action game. It's clearly not anything like Metal Gear Solid. And we've heard rumblings that, you know, Metal Gear Solid 5 is being worked on in some capacity, even if it's just in conceptualization right now. So, I mean, I'm actually okay with that. If it's like, all right, this is kind of a spinoff. This isn't meant to be a main game in the series. Right. Because if it is, obviously, yeah, it's nothing at all like Metal Gear Solid. Well, you know what? It's it's funny you say that, you know, what's in a name? When it comes to Metal Gear, a lot, a lot is in the name. And the whole, you know, Metal Gear, the whole, you know, that, that that title right there is about, you know, the nuclear threat that is, you know, the Metal Gear. And when I watched that trailer, and I was like, I was watching it, I'm like, okay, okay. But I was done when he threw a Metal Gear ray into the air. I was done. I was like, you, I, I can't believe what I just saw. Raiden just threw a Metal Gear ray into the sky and then chopped up his sword and then I, I can't remember what he did after that. <laughs> Why did it have a sword? Yeah, it, exactly. Why did the Metal Gear have a sword? And I understand that, yes, this is not part of Metal Gear Solid. But still, I mean, before Metal Gear Solid, there was just Metal Gear. And I can understand them wanting to take the gameplay in a different area. But there's certain things you got to re- respect in, in terms of the storyline that's already in place, the characters, and that world. You know, that, that world that Metal Gear sits in. And there, some cr- crazy shit happens in Metal Gear. Okay? Some crazy shit happens. To say the least. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> happens in Metal some good Gear. crazy shit. Yeah. But nothing as unreasonable as riding throwing a fucking Metal Gear Ray into the air, jumping up, chopping its sword, you know, to pieces, which shouldn't have had in the first place. The whole point of having a Metal Gear is to have a nuke equipped, you know. And let's be clear, too, when we say unreasonable, consider the fact that we're saying that this, that what we saw in the Revengeance trailer was unreasonable compared to a game where you have, like, vampire-type people who live forever and can survive anything. You have giant robots who have nuclear weapons. You have a guy with a degenerative cellular disease, people who are turned into cyborg ninjas, like, someone who who got his hands transplanted onto somebody else and took oh over his God. body. Consider the fact that we're Don't saying that, that in out. comparison to all of that stuff, that this trailer is unreasonable. That is what you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, the re- it was such a huge shock, and then information started to trickle out. Like the fact that it's not made by Kojima Productions, which immediately... Was from the trailer, actually. Yeah. That was, it was like, you knew something was wrong. Like, Kojima's sick. Guys, some, something's wrong with Kojima. Like, this is, no. No, this is not happening. <laughs> what happened to him? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so, like, you know, we found out that it was, uh, who was it, Platinum Games? Platinum, Platinum Games. Games. Makers Platinum. of Bayonetta and, you know, those. Mad World. Those. And that's when you heard that, it clicked. It made sense. I'm like, that's why. Bayonetta's not a bad game. I'm not even saying that. It was a very good game. It was a good game. It was a very different game from what the tone was for Metal Gear, even Rising, originally. Yeah. There's there's a whole different level of crazy going on in that game. Exactly. Like, the whole thing about Metal Gear Rising was that, yes, 
it was definitely more action based. Either like a lot less stealth or no stealth. But instead of being a slash em up game, which is that's what it is right now, it was kind of like, you know, uh, you still kind of had to be tactical with your weapon because you'd go up, you'd aim, you'd slice. You know what I'm saying? And, that, and then, you know, you grab whatever, you know, the cores or whatever the things were. Wait, are you that talking you about Metal Gear 4? Because you're say, you keep saying Metal Gear Rising. Yeah, well, so, yeah. Originally, what when Metal Gear when Metal Gear Rising first like got announced, it had a couple of trailers, and those trailers presented the game that there there are pieces of it that you can see in Revengeance now. Like I'm, that's how I'm separating. I'm just going to call one Revengeance and one Rising. Yeah. But um, you you can see pieces of that game in Revengeance. Like there, like there's a part where he like kicks the guy's legs, and then it kind of zooms in and over the shoulder view while he's like aiming his sword around and cutting the guy up in small pieces. Yeah. But then, then you have like the 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 regular action type, you know, sword play that's happening in the rest of the trailer. But like that part was from like the original vision of Metal Gear Rising. Like there were parts where he was like there was like a like pillars like in an overhanging like balcony and there's soldiers underneath it like shooting at him and he's running by and he slices up the pillars and like literally the game was supposed to be like you can kind of like cut anything like he was like you know cutting a truck in half like but it was still it was on a level of what you saw in Metal Gear Solid 4 it wasn't what you're seeing now and there are even things about what you're seeing now that don't even make any sense because it's like he goes from cutting up a Metal Gear Ray uh, to fighting regular soldiers and like not slicing them to pieces in one hit, which is what was happening like in Metal Gear Rising originally. Like he would roll up to a soldier and like deflect a bullet and then like slice the guy in half. Like it wasn't even like oh this is like a real fight because it wouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> and you know I'm sure eventually you can get to bigger and you know bigger better enemies, but like you know when you were fighting grunts like. It was really obvious. Like there was no, there was no playing around with it. But I guess that may have been part of the problem because, you know, maybe he didn't have an idea of the direction to go with that because uh, Platinum is the one who is you doing the game now. But originally, like Platinum, like our Metal Gear Rising was canceled, like in secret, basically. Like when it disappeared for like that that year or two, it was canceled. Yeah, it was canceled. Like he had he had basically said like I don't know what to do with it, so shit canning it basically which explains a lot about why we hadn't seen it for so long yep yeah, it explains a whole lot like you know the seeing the platinum making it now hearing that it was canceled like there's just a lot of things that all of a sudden make a whole lot of sense and it's just because like he he had a, they had literally they had a gameplay they had a gameplay mechanic they had a combat system and stuff like that but they really had nothing to do with it like he didn't have any ideas for like what to do with the story and stuff and yeah. then basically platinum came on board and you know said or he went to them, or whichever whichever version of the story you hear, because he says he went to them, and then you hear from outlets that you know they, they came, came to them and said we could take it. Yeah. yeah. So. I nah, I mean, well, first of all, they the original story was supposed to take place before Metal Gear Solid Four, and if you can if you beat Metal Gear Solid Four, you would you know exactly why this game should not be taking place. That too. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's multiple issues that are going on. Yeah. You know why? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that's the storyline issue. Yeah, I, I know. Of course, you can write story and make stuff happen, but be honest with you, if there's still shit like this happening, you know, in this in the Metal Gear world, and there's still Metal Gears rolling around now with equipped with big swords on top of that, pretty much you made Metal Gear Solid 
Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, and 4 irrelevant. Basically. You just made the entire series irrelevant. Okay? Um, so there was that. But now, you know, Platinum took it, and they took away what was going to make it a unique game, and now it was just a slash em up And then on top of that, they changed the story. At least with Kojima there, and, and the original plan, like, Kojima... Uh, and his team would have been doing the story, which means it would have been in line with what we know as the Metal Gear story. Because that's really what's important when it comes to Metal Gear. It is it is the story. I mean, the gameplay is fun, but you play Metal Gear for the story, dude. And, um, you know, like, at least Kojima would have been with that. You know, that would have been in line with his vision, his overall vision of Metal Gear. Because as far as I'm concerned, he is Metal Gear. Okay? Him and his team, they are Metal Gear. But now you have Platinum. You got an outsider coming in and like, well... You know, here, we're going to change this in the story. We're going to change that. And Raiden can do this, and he can do that. And, you know, he can throw fucking Metal Gears in the air. Obviously, I have a big problem with this because I keep bringing it up. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I just am not a, uh, I'm not very happy about that. I am not happy about that at all. Yeah, a lot of issues. One of the weird things, too, is that not even just the, the time frame, um, but... Uh, what's its face? Anaba, uh, the executive director at Platinum, basically, like, in a, you know, this is connected to what we're talking about, but a, a kind of a different part of the story. But like, he basically said that uh, he, he took the took out the Twitter to defend his company's involvement, but not necessarily in the way that you would think. He basically said that it seems there are some who wish to imply Platinum Games was able to achieve what Kojima Productions could not. Interview was among them. This notion is spurious. Obvious, clearly, we have not yet produced any results in the world of in the world of Metal Gear. Well, I don't think the issue is the fact that anybody is saying that Platinum Games could do what Kojima Productions could. <laughs> that's a weird that's statement. Problem. I don't think that that is the problem. I think the problem is the fact that people are like, oh man. And it and and it's strange. Like I feel, I almost feel about like this the same way I would say I felt about like say Devil May Cry two, and hopefully it's not that kind of, not that kind of a bad game. But then like if you take Devil May Cry two, like if you didn't put the Devil May Cry name on it, it would have been an, an okay action game. It would have been something that you could play. But like putting a Devil May Cry name on it totally fucking ruined it, made it terrible. Like because it shouldn't have any connection to that. I feel the same way about Rising right now. That if you like, were to just take Metal Gear off of it, and like have a Platinum had just made a game with ninjas where you slice shit up, and they were able to take parts of the you know that engine with uh, with Kojima Productions' blessing, would have been totally different. But this, the way that it is right now, not a Metal Gear game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just I don't see this ending well. I'm I'm. I don't know. I'm kind of disheartened about this, uh, and I guess we'll just, I, I need to see more. I want to see instead of like fast clips, you know, with gameplay and stuff like that. Actually, show me a, a real gameplay trailer. You know what I'm saying? A yeah, preview. see the rest of the game. If it's just going to be you going place to place and slicing guys up and regular action stuff, like yeah. there's just there's just so many things. Like even the characterization of like Raiden seemed a little weird, especially if it takes place after four. I mean, yeah. there's other issues with that too. We've already yeah, gone. we already <laughs> talked about have that. Have a whole lot else right now, though. You know, I, so the thing was canceled, don't. and then you got another studio taking over. I, I'm with you. I would like to see more as well. I'm just the reason why that's pretty much all we saw. Obviously, I'm guessing at this, but I would assume they just isn't much else to show at this time. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there is either. But I, I don't know. I mean, like, I guess the main thing is that if 
I'm I'm just going to take it as separate. Like no matter what really happens, like unless they have a gameplay trailer that totally blows me out of the water, or that shows me something else about the story. Like in my mind, these are totally separate entities from this point on because it's going to be a crazy balls level action game like Bayonetta. But the problem is it it wasn't supposed to be like Bayonetta. Yeah, exactly. It was it was supposed to be a unique game, and now it doesn't seem like it's going to be that way. But uh. We're gonna. It's depressing. We're gonna move on. <laughs> Stop talking about Metal Gear, and uh, we're actually going to talk a little bit about Naughty Dog and storytelling and in games. Uh, basically, uh, there was an article on Eurogamer, uh, and it was syndicated. You know, actually, where is the original source? Because it was an interview that they did. Uh, so we'll have to look. We'll have to get that info. But um. Basically, what what was said, uh, Naughty Dog's creative director. And no, it was with Eurogamer. That it was, was with the, Eurogamer. Yeah, it was their their interview was with them. I okay. don't think they've they have their their the full transcript or anything up, but they do have, you yeah. know, the article about. It. So yeah. okay, so all right, I was right, kind of, but but um, this is in regards to The Last of Us. There, you know, they showed the trailer at the VGAs, uh, and it's uh, you know, it's kind of like a uh, it's not a zombie zombie game, you know, it's like a you know, virus not spread. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the creative director at Naughty Dog says that, you know, storytelling is really is, is poor right now in video games. Uh, and they're looking to change the industry. Well, his exact words are change the fucking industry uh, in terms of storytelling. Uh, I know I have some things to say, but I know Katie was very excited to get to this. I was. Um, well, I actually kind of want to hear what you have to say first. Uh-uh. Nope, nope. I'm the moderator. I tell who goes first. Oh, okay. Okay, fine. I'm sorry to try to step on toes and whatnot. It's okay. Um, what's, uh, what is his name? Shit. Neil Druckmann um, is the one that's that's been uh, basically calling out not only like reviewers, but also people that are uh, game developers that are just like, yo, we're just going to make something really random and just call it a day. But then everyone fucking loves it. And he's like, this, we should not be doing this. And I'm so, so happy that he's like, we need to change this. And I, that's why I said in the, in the post, I was like, last of us, but first of many, like if they can turn around, everyone's thinking that we can just put out something that looks really cool, but has no substance to it. Then people will keep buying our shit. Like I'm, I love Naughty Dog right now. I'm really excited for last of us. And despite like it's trailer being like, not zombies kind of, I am legend and all this other stuff. It's not going to turn into dead Island. Where in the beginning. We're like, Oh, this is going to be fucking great. Oh no. It's the same shit over and over and over again. (laughs) I fucking hate that game. That in a bit, at 2011, m- most wasted money, Dead Island. <laughs> they should have just put out the trailer, and that should have been it. That, that's all not that this should have happened. Sure? Should have put out the trailer and then made a movie that was like that and not put out the game. They would have made a lot more money that way. Oh, dude. But yeah, back on topic. Because <laughs> um, I can talk for a long time. Actually, I talked for two hours about that in the Versus series number five. <laughs> so, um, but Katie, well, you got anything else? or? Oh no, we can we can share. Okay, what about you, Rob? What'd you think? I mean, I'm just happy anytime that anybody comes out and says like we need better storytelling in games because being a writer, I just like the idea that storytelling needs to be better because really video games are still telling stories on like a tenth grade level. Maybe. 
<laughs> like and even even our really even our great stories are kind of being told on that level like some there's some exceptions but on the whole like it's not really all that great so i like when you know david cage or this guy or anybody steps up and says like we really need to be better about this and not that everything needs to be this way you know they're not saying that unequivocally everything needs to be this way but there's definitely room for improvement with a lot of stuff you know from what we've seen you know i think we can pretty much all agree with that get you know different points of times just as gamers and, and on the whole like everybody not just us here but that you know when you play Modern Warfare 3 and you're like, yeah, that, that was that was a thing I just played, you know, or, you know, and even when, in the fact that, you know, it could have a story, you know, like, it doesn't need to be a really, you know, dramatic or anything, but it could it could have a story that's at least good, <laughs> you know, by the time you finish it. And, the, and it goes for the same way for so many games, like how, how messed up was Homefront because, like, you know, they promised this, this big narrative about, you know, home is where the war is and, you know, the war being in your front door and all that stuff. And you maybe got a glimpse of that for, like, the first two minutes of the game and then after that it turned into every other game you've ever played, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be every game. You still have room for Bayonetta and... Revengeance, <laughs> but storytelling is is needs should be better. It, it should always there should always be looking to improve. But I think we're getting to that entertainment media mindset where as long as people keep buying it, it doesn't matter what the fuck the story is. But in order for gaming to be taken more seriously, like storytelling has to step up its game. So I'm I'm excited for Last of Us too. We'll see how they handle gameplay when we start seeing stuff like that because you know regardless of if they're zombies or not, like, everything now basically is zombies. Like, even if they're, you know, fast movers or some other disease, like, people still look at it and see zombies. So I want to see how survival and all that stuff comes into play and, and how they how they go about telling the story. Okay. So. What about you, Nick? You're up. Well, first off, I'm glad that he did say at the end that not all games need to have a great story because I, I just have, like, uh, nightmare flashbacks of Nintendo putting cutscenes into Super Mario Sunshine and trying to make a story into that game. Please don't ever do that again. Please don't ever do that again. Um, but on the on the whole, yeah, I have to agree. The overwhelming majority, even when we do identify with like, oh, the story was really interesting, it's usually more the atmosphere that they build is just really great. And it makes it seem like the story is is interesting. Even like people like get crazy over like Half Life story and all. But really, I mean, what's what's the story in Half Life? It's just you want a podcast on it because I can talk to you about for two hours about it. I really can't. <laughs> uh, maybe later. You know, not that that wouldn't be riveting, but I'm sure not all everyone listening wants to hear that for two hours in the middle of our podcast. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I know the story. <laughs> no, I know the story is to I, I, I love Half Life. I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. We've got a complete tangent here. I love Half Life. Just say the story in Half Life in a nutshell. Highly technologically superior alien race enslaves the Earth and makes them do their bidding. That's pretty much the story. Oh, one, only one man can rise up and you know save the planet and the entire universe possibly because he's from MIT. Yay! I, again, I love Half Life, so I'm just I'm just making an example why it seems so interesting and why you want to spend more time there. It's just because the atmosphere is really cool, and they they did do a wonderful job with Alex as a character. I thought. And that's one of the other things. It's really, well, a lot of times developers will do a good job with individual characters. And I think even Naughty Dog is guilty of this. Like, in Uncharted 3, I didn't really think the story was that great. I didn't think it was bad. It's better than most games, probably. 
but really what was just good about it is there was great character interaction, which is certainly an element that you need to have. But I'm glad to hear that, you know, they want to keep pushing it further. And I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with it. Again, you know, we haven't seen, I don't feel like I've seen enough to be like, oh man, I am so excited for The Last of Us. But I'm interested and I'd like to see where they're going with this. Yeah, um, while I do agree with what he says, I definitely think that, uh, you know, storytelling in the industry can improve. I mean, like, it, it, that's obvious. I mean, at any given time, storytelling in games will will need improvement or could use improvement or, you know, it will never be perfect. Just like, you know, storytelling in movies will need always need improvement or storytelling story books movies. yeah so a story actually movies kind of digressed but that's a that's a discussion for another day <laughs> and that's what scares me about video games yeah. entertainment media yeah but like you know there's always room for improvement i guess is what i'm trying to say so i yeah, agree with definitely. him i agree with him that you know you know yes there, there could be some improvement not every game coming out has a great story but at the same time, when I read this, I kind of got this feeling that he's only saying this f- at, for media attention because he wants everybody to know that we're, you know, he could have easily just said, yeah, we're doing something new with the story. It's going to be nothing like you've ever seen before. And everybody would be like, okay, that's cool. And some people would pay more attention than others. But when you say something like, oh, we need to change the industry, now you have way more attention. And that's what I got from this. This is what this person is trying to do. Because overall... In terms of, I wouldn't call storytelling a video game poor. For the most part, I'll call it like okay, average when it comes to a lot of games. But I can't. Th- I'm trying to think of a game that had really poor storytelling, you know, recently, and I can't think of that many. You know, like the first thing I thought of when I when I when I you know when I came to this point of view was that I thought of Gears of War, three. Because I, I think the, the the story of Gears of War 3 is bad. I don't think it's a good story. But in terms of actually relaying that story to me, no, I got it. You know, I just didn't feel anything because I didn't like the story, you know. But there are plenty of games out there that do a great job of telling the story. Like, like for example, like uh, Dead Space, the whole series, the way they did tell their story. And that's another thing about video games. Like, video games are different than movies and books because books and movies tell you what the story is. Video games, you should be experiencing the story. And that's what separates games like Dead Space, you know, from a game like Gears of War. Uh, you know, with Dead Space, where you're, there, there are really no cutscenes, per se. You know, you just kind of you're walking around and then like, you know, maybe a scene starts happening, but you still have control of the camera. You still have control of the person. Um, I guess the biggest, biggest example of that that everybody would think of is Half-Life 2, which, you know, you, you have complete control of Gordon Freeman even while people are talking to you. So there's actually still a chance that you can miss stuff in the story. Um, but even like Half-Life, you know, mentioned, Nick kind of like gave like the Cliff Notes version of the story, but the, the story goes way more in depth. Like if it wasn't, All right, for let's Gordon, just do this two hour conversation. Let's no, we're not, I'm not going to get into it. Big. I'm just saying like, for example, if it wasn't for Gordon Freeman, what he did in the first one, there would be no Half-Life two. The invasion of earth is his fault. I'm not going to get into it. You know what I'm saying? So there's that, he yeah. has that whole thing on him and you know, stuff like that. It's his fault that Eli is dead, you know, all that stuff. And I'm sorry if you didn't play episode two. You really should have by now. So statue of limitations is really exactly. But just like off the top of my head, games that have good that have good storytelling, like uh, Heavy Rain, Assassin's Creed, with the exception of Revelations, Bastion, you know, 
Red Dead Redemption. Like, there's a lot of games that you play that have a good story. Actually, most AAA titles have a good story. Other than that, they're really not that engaging because if you think about it, you know, if the, gear, the reason why I don't like Gears is because there's no, it's a bad story, the, and the gameplay is not that engaging. You know, same thing with kind of like Red Dead Redemption. Like, it was cool and all, but if the, if the story wasn't there to kind of drive you forward, you wouldn't play the game. You know, it literally would have been Grand Theft Auto in the West. Yeah, even even games like yeah, even games like Metal Gear. Like I, I love Metal Gear. Metal Gear is definitely my favorite series. I can well, I can't even say that because this Half Life is right there. But, but um, you know, Gabe Newell just heard that from the basement. He is very upset. I just took a couple years off of his life. Ah, oh, that sucks. But um, yeah, I mean, like, but uh, you know. Metal Gear, if the story wasn't driving me, I wouldn't play the game. And I think people forget that, like, the story, in terms of, like, I mean, for how long that has, like, the story been an integral part of the game? We've, a long time ago, we moved past that, you know, just like, oh, you know, move these boxes here and, you know, have some fun. Like, this is why we play games for 20, 30, 40, 50 hours. Is because of the story, and if if it was really that poor, I don't think the industry will be thriving the way it is. Now, recently, it's been changing, and when I say recently, the last few years because of like the the Call of Duty effect. Call of Duty has a terrible story, um, and it has mediocre gameplay, but it's just extremely popular because it is highly accessible, you know. And then there are some games that like Homefront tried to take that cue, and it just didn't work out. Which I hope people are. I really hope that developers and publishers are kind of seeing that. That, yes, Call of Duty is successful because of this. However, it doesn't translate to every other game. You know, think of how many different um, developers are trying to copy like Zenga and their strategy. How how often do we hear about them on games industry or develop online? Not very often. You know, so uh, story is a huge part. Of, of gaming, and if it was just that poor gaming, it would not be where it is right now. But like I said, I'm if they're gonna do something new, I'm all for it. I have, I'm all for it. I'm like, great, do something new. But I just didn't necessarily like. The, I just thought it was an, uh, an attention grab that he was. I think for. there might be something to be said for that. That's why I'm still like, okay, I want to see more. But this sounds interesting. But again, like I kind of touched on, I I think a lot of when we think a story is good in the game, it's more just the atmosphere is good. And it's delivered well, so it seems interesting. But the story itself is a lot of the same thing that we've seen a million times in games before. I mean, look at the entire JRPG genre. Almost every single one is the same goddamn story. That is kind of a problem. It's completely <laughs> out of control. It is completely it's, out of control. There's, it is. I mean, and you can you can say that. I mean, the thing is, like, you can you can boil anything down to like its barest essence. Like you did that with Half Life, and that's and it's true. Like at its barest essence, that is what the game is. But at the same time, like there is more to any any of those things you know any of those games than that like there's like a saying that that there's only two types of story a boy goes on a journey or a man comes to town and if you ever think about it like and it kind of blew my mind because i literally sat around i was like they're fucking right how does anybody write any stories (laughs) 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 because it's true those are the only two types of stories and you could kind of say the same thing about video games in a way, and but the thing about video games is that I think that I think that saying that storytelling is really horrible right now is is pushing it 
because I don't think it is because on on the whole, just like gameplay, like you know, games themselves, their story, their gameplay, on the whole, over time have gotten better. What we consider to be a bad game or even an average game now would have been an amazing game previously. You know, it's just that games have gotten so much better, and that includes their story, that includes their gameplay. So when you say that you know story is is still not that great. I think you're kind of saying it in a relative way, you know, that that on the whole, like, the the curve has gone up for for games, but that a lot of the games still plot below it. Like, they still come in below it because, like, the story just isn't quite there. It's not quite engaging. You know, you play the game, but, like, it's it's a combination of the gameplay and the story, not just one or the other. Like, it doesn't... You don't have a story that's so good that makes you play the game, even if everything about the game is shit, <laughs> you know, yeah. that sort of thing. And I mean, but I think that's hard. To, I think it's hard, too, because in game, like you, you said earlier, in, in video games, like you have to actually experience the story. Like it has to actually make you feel something. We've already gone to the point where games take control away from you to tell you a story. And that uh, while people may enjoy that a little bit, realistically, that's still not telling a good story. If you have to take control away from the player and sit them cut through cutscenes or force their character to do stuff, like you're still not really telling a good story. Like because yeah. in video gaming, that's not how exposition works. So yeah, you're yeah. just making a movie then, which I certainly right. think there's a lot that gaming can learn from the film industry, and I think most people in the in the industry would agree with that. But I don't want games to be film. You know, like Jared exactly. Jared touched on a while ago, early in this conversation, um, that you know, like in Dead Space, like and Half Life, like you live the story, and I'm 100 percent for that. I'd let let's make the stories better, let's deliver them better, but let's let's us play through it while it's happening. You know, and if right. they can if they can do that and deliver this fantastic story with interesting characters that change over time, you know, what can our little novel there? Yeah. Little uh, little characters develop for better for their story. You know. Um, if they can make that work out then that would just be awesome. But Rob yeah, is right. Like I, I it's, think that's it's so much better now than it was. But Jared, yeah. like Jared said, I'll let you go in a second, Rob. I will. Okay. Just, no, uh, like Jared said, though, you know, let's not let's not stagnate. Let's keep on moving forward. Yeah, I think that that may be part of it too. Maybe maybe even that. I mean, it's hard to tell because of, you know we're one sitting down interviewing the guy. But like when you say that you know like storytelling is still so is still so bad that like think about how many games there are that actually do what you know Dead Space with like all those games like what those games do like even like say portal like where you are by the time you finish like you're invested in the character invested in what's happening because like you're a part of it not just because they showed it to you or because the gameplay was real fun but because like you actually basically by the end have lived through that story there's there's really not a lot of games to do that i mean like even naughty dog's guilty of it with uncharted you may care about some of the characters and stuff but you're not necessarily mostly invested in anything that's happening like maybe two maybe two hit that a little bit but outside of that i mean three really didn't hit that nerve for me one really didn't either like everybody is guilty of it so i mean yeah on the whole i guess storytelling could be better but i think a lot of games are falling below that that sort of level because that's i I hope they don't mean 90 minute Metal Gear Solid 4 ending cutscene. I know Jared's going to get like, how dare you talk about Metal Gear Solid? Yeah, I'm, but, only thing I'm going to say about that is that it was needed to tie up the story, which is why I'm getting pissed at Revengeance. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved everything that was delivered in that. I just, 
didn't need to be 90 minutes. But you know what? Right, but that was the end, and that they didn't necessarily force you to sit through a lot of that in order to, like, really, right, you could have just, you could have, you could have punched the shit out of, you could have punched the shit out of liquid and walked away from the game. I don't I know. Could, yeah, but I, I did want to know. I just, but you wanted to know. Next time, please. Exactly. You wanted to know, though. I mean, think about when you're crawling through the, crawling through, like, basically burning to death. Like, like how, I mean, like, I know I was like, oh my God, man. Oh my God, dude. Snake's gonna die, man. <laughs> like, I was, I was invested by that point in the game. And, like, I think that even that, like, I mean, there were, you know, a little bit too much of the, like, we're gonna pull you away with cutscenes and stuff like that. But at least, like, you were invested enough that you sat through a 90 minute cutscene, even though you didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, I think- True. I think the bigger problem here is not necessarily the stories of the games. It's delivery of the story, if you wanted to say something. Like, you know, in a lot of games, like Gears of War and even Metal Gear, you know, you pretty much, you play from cutscene to cutscene. That's what you're doing, pretty much. And that's how your story gets delivered. Exactly. But, like, with a game like Portal, Half-Life, Dead Space... You are you, the whole. Th- it's extremely fluid. I mean, just think about that for a second. Think about the fact how many people are invested in Gordon Freeman. The guy hasn't said a damn word. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't said a word at all. Same thing with Shell from Portal. You know what I'm saying? People are invested in that character. Never said a word. You know. And of course, people are invested in Isaac because he just has like shit luck, man. <laughs> but you know, that poor bastard. I know. I, I wouldn't want to live his life. I wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> I have restless nights just thinking about it. Yeah, I but, mean, even if you go to Assassin's Creed Two or Brotherhood, like people are invested in Ezio. Like, dude, go look at Tumblr sometime. Like, people are invested in Ezio, <laughs> and and it's weird because like Revelations is like it wasn't necessary because I mean that's a whole different gameplay storytelling problem, but that people were invested through those two games in him enough that like they were mad when when revelations came out like leave the guy alone <laughs> let him rest <laughs> yeah yeah that's the thing like he's old man he deserved it he deserved his rest and you just took that away from him yeah kind of like snake should not have answered that sequel phone call <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but basically i mean i mean we everybody here can agree because that's what's important we can all agree that yes it, it, there can be improvement, but you know, I I don't think it's I wouldn't say it's poor because if if game if if it was poor if storytelling was poor my my biggest argument gaming wouldn't be as big as it is because we wouldn't spend the time to play the games. You know, right. that's why I say that there's the curve. You know, the curve goes up, and it's carrot on the stick. You're always going to want more, and you're right. you're never going to reach the true. Uh, we've hit it. We've perfected it. Everybody just keep doing this. It's perfect forever now. Yeah, the curve goes up, so, you know, but on the whole, like, there's still a lower, like, there are games that are still coming in lower than where that, the top of that curve is. You know, like, that's why I mean, like, yeah, it's not necessarily poor. That's a poor, that's a bad word, but the curve may be going up, and so video games are a lot better, but the storytelling that is in a lot of them is below what really should be there. And I don't know if Katie's got anything to say to close it up, really. No, I, th- I think I'm good. Uh, we hit everything. That well's dry. <laughs> that's kind of how, that's how we do things on the MASHcast. Sorry, Katie. Oh, she didn't find that amusing. Let's just get out of here. <laughs> Fuck you, Jared. Shut up. <laughs> I got stuff to do. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah, but that, yes, that ends our topics for this week. Um, new question of the week. I say we do it on the status of, uh, you know, storytelling in the industry. What do you guys think? What do you, what do you think about that question? Definitely go that route. Let's. Uh, I will now stall for time while someone else tries to come up with the actual question. Uh, Is this working? I thought that was the question. <laughs> oh, okay. Sometimes we have like a left field that are like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Sometimes we tweak the you right. tweak the question. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah we, there's think- usually a little. That's good, right? We could do that. So the, yeah. the question of what the week... What do you think the status is? And, you know, is gaming storytelling really that poor? Yeah. Do you think poor storytelling is poor? We'll go with that. All right. So, yeah, we'll roll with that. It is December. So, I mean, the only thing that's really coming out is uh, Star Wars. And Yo. snow. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. snow. <laughs> go play yeah. in it. There's your other game. Yeah. <laughs> go, go get a stick and dig. Like, there you go. Um... But yeah, that, that's that's it. Um, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch us on iTunes if you if you listen. To, I mean, if you're like one of the SoundCloud users that are listening weekly, just just subscribe to iTunes. It'll be easier for you. Um, but just uh, no, you want to. You know you want to. <laughs> and then or you, if you hate iTunes, don't do it. Don't listen to Jared. You don't need to do it. No, you, you definitely need to do it. Don't and then, don't install it. Don't put it on your computer. <laughs> It'll be fine. You'll live. Uh, see, she's there. Somebody cut her mic off. We <laughs> <laughs> thank Katie for appearing on her final match cast. <laughs> but okay, yeah. If if you if you are so inclined, go ahead and do the iTunes thing. And also, if you're so inclined, give us a give us a rating. But not if it's below three. You can skip that part. We appreciate that. Okay, Telltale Games over there. Yeah, I'm just saying. I didn't. I didn't tell them the rate as high. I just said, hey, if you're gonna give below a three, don't bother. Don't just waste don't your time. <laughs> yeah. I just don't make it low. Yeah, just you know. But um, yeah, just uh, get us on iTunes. You're, we are on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com/slash mash those buttons. Uh, Facebook.com/slash uh, mash those buttons. Twitter.com/slash MTB site. Um, we just wrapped up a contest, which we had one winner win three codes, one for Skydrift and the DLC packs, so three codes all together. Um, I do have another contest that we, you know, we're going to run, but it all boils down to how many Twitter followers we have. If we get up to 150 tw- Twitter followers by the time uh, the Humble Bundle uh, 4 is, uh, you know, before that expires... I will buy four bundles at $25 each, and then I'll give them away. Because it's for charity. It's for charity. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'll up the ante. We get 200 followers. I'll buy eight bundles at $25 each and give them away. Wow. So. What a nice guy. Money where his mouth is. So, um, I mean, right now we're sitting at 103, I want to say. So. You know, let's get those let's get those followers. You know, post on Twitter. There'll be a post on the site coming. Um, you know, welcome to our new followers and whatnot that we just got from you know the last contest. Thanks for following us. Um, well, we're you know, we're aiming to get more, and Jared is willing to to put up some some nice nice packs for that because this humble bundle is really really good. It is. It like, is like the all star humble bundle this time around. Uh, Super Meat Boy, Bit Trip Runner, Jamestown, Shank. Um, and since he's buying them at twenty five dollars a piece, like you also get Cave Story Plus and uh, uh, gratuitous space battles. And I think I'm actually missing a game in there too. But it's it's like the all star humble bundle. It is the indie all star humble bundle, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, Shank by itself is like worth fifteen bucks. 
Yeah, yeah Super J- Meat Boy still going for fifteen. Yeah, like Jamestown's ten. Like that, it, it is worth the price of admission. There is not one game in here that sucks. The, every game here is it's, it's a good game. Gratuitous space battles um, may not be for everyone, <laughs> but the other games freaking awesome, and they're cross-platform. So you people who listen, like you know, uh, you Mac, you know, users, you can still play these games. So yeah, there's that. also Night Sky HD, which I haven't personally played, but I think Jarrett, you played it. I played it. I got a review copy of it. It's a, it's a cool game. It's like basically it's a puzzle game, but uh, you're a ball, and in each level or in each area, you have a different power. You have to use that power to you know um, get across the level, pretty much. Like you know, one level you may be able to uh, reverse gravity. Another level you may be able to stick to stuff. All types of stuff. It's a really really cool game. So, but yeah, that's the, uh, that's the contest we're running now. Uh, as of right now, which, oh, as of right now, cause it's Friday, there's 10 days left. So, you know, as of, uh, Monday, it should be eight days left. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so you have about a week so that he has enough time to get those bundles. Yeah. I mean, the, mo- the moment we hit 200, well, 150 followers, I will buy four bundles. So tell all your friends because... Everybody who's currently a follower that's not, you know, a major corporation or, you know, developer type of thing, you know, people are eligible. So all the current followers plus all the new people are eligible, not just new people. So you have every reason in the world to tell your friends because we're an awesome site anyway. And don't you want to get a chance to win the Humble Indie Bundle? <laughs> exactly. You can help charity without spending a dime. All you have to do is lift a finger. That's all you got to do. Lift a finger. <laughs> but uh yeah so that's it for us and uh thanks for listening we'd like to thank katie for joining us today you're welcome <laughs> she sounds so happy yeah, she sounds so happy <laughs> I just, just want to thank you guys for, for having me on thank you <laughs> thank you for this opportunity All right. but uh yeah we will catch you guys next week yeah next week we yeah, we still do plan on having a regular mash guest, right, guys? <laughs> I, I do believe so. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, no special edition for Christmas time because we worked that hard. But, uh, yeah, we will catch you guys next time. And, uh, yeah, see ya. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Nice. Very good. Thank Goodbye, you. Bye, guys. So we'll see you next week. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> bye, everybody. Katie says bye. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> bye. <laughs>